The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The attorneys general of New York and Massachusetts are investigating whether ExxonMobil hid knowledge of the human impact on climate change for decades. But Republicans in the House of Representatives want to stop them. Last year, the House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology subpoenaed both New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman and Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey, seeking detailed information about their investigations, and both Schneiderman and Healey ignored the subpoenas. But now the committee has reissued the subpoenas, claiming that the AGs are acting in bad faith in these investigations. And Schneiderman and Healey show no signs of giving in. Here to talk to us about this federal state legal fight is Jeff Kramer, a former federal and local prosecutor who is now a managing director at the Berkeley Research Group. Jeff, the federal government, Congress, has subpoena power. They can investigate a whole host of things. They can uh, look at stuff all over the country. This is a science issue. Uh, It's the Committee on Science. Why are the attorney generals refusing to comply with subpoenas that Congress has issued? Uh, you're right. At, at first blush, it does seem like Congress is within their purview. The, the the interesting thing here and the issue here is just scratching a little bit below the surface. Um, I don't know if this is unprecedented, but certainly unusual uh, for Congress to be looking not so much at the target of an investigation, here would be uh, Exxon, but rather the prosecutors, the state uh, prosecutors. And they're looking for everything. They're basically looking for the entire case file. Uh, they're looking for internal emails, other sorts of documents. Documentation, um, so that's very unusual. That was my question, Jeff, because it seems to me as if the attorneys general haven't even completed their investigation. The bad faith that Republicans were talking about was that they had they had reached their conclusions before the investigation started after meeting with environmentalists. But there's no proof of that at all. They just didn't meet with environmentalists. So it seems as if it's there's a, a little tinge here of self-interest on the Republican side. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, you, you know, you can, you can argue, I think, pretty forcefully uh, that everyone has an ulterior motive here. Um, and whether or not, this is not an uncommon argument for the defense to make in high-profile case that uh, prosecution or an investigation is politically motivated and uh, conclusions were reached before they dotted all their I's and crossed the T's. You, you hear that in court. It usually fails because the evidence is what it is, and it's presented to a grand jury. And if it gets that far, it's presented to a, to a jury. Uh, at trial. Um, So these arguments usually don't work. So I think you can say even if Congress, you know, may be on to something, let's say the attorneys general uh, did reach a conclusion uh, quickly or had a preconceived notion, that's going to play out in state court. Uh, I don't think it's within the purview necessarily of, uh, of a congressional uh, hearing and an investigation, because if, they, if the attorneys general do comply with a subpoena, and obviously, as you indicated, they did not before, it's basically giving discovery to uh, to the defense and the uh, subjects and potential targets that aren't even known, uh, that uh, can certainly stop an investigation in its tracks. 
Jeff, so the, the attorneys general clearly don't think that Congress has jurisdiction over their investigations, and, and so they, they think this is improper. Um, what happens if they again refuse to comply, as appears likely, and they're saying they're going to do? What options does Congress have in terms of trying to enforce these subpoenas? Well, they've got pretty broad options and some pretty severe ones, which is, is why this is unusual. It's never been tested before. If, if you're subpoenaed or anyone is subpoenaed to go before Congress and present themselves or documents and they just refuse, which is basically what's happened here, that's, uh, a con- that's contempt of Congress. And you can have contempt proceedings. Congress can, can file a, a suit. Um, the, the remedies for Congress um, are pretty, pretty broad and, and pretty severe. However, that's going to come to a head uh, quickly. Um, if the AGs uh, deny it. Uh, I think what, what, what it will bring to the forefront there is both the attorneys general, New York and Massachusetts, uh, and Congress are kind of using uh, a specious argument uh, to get at what they wanted specifically. You know, I see the, the attorneys general arguing that the reason they're even doing this is because it implicated uh, investors and ExxonMobil and perhaps others weren't giving uh, information that should have been given for investors, and that's the proper purview of the attorneys general, other prosecutors as well, but certainly attorneys general. Congress, the corollary, and this subcommittee is using what I think is an odd argument that it's a First Amendment argument that basically these investigations are chilling the First Amendment rights of scientists who question climate change. Uh, that's, that's a tougher argument. So I'm not sure Congress is, uh, is, is situated well in their jurisdiction, but a court may end up looking at that at some point. Well, our thanks to Jeff Kramer, Managing Director at the Berkeley Research Group, for talking to us about what is obviously a very unusual fight between a congressional committee and state attorneys general over a subpoena issued by Congress. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, do parents have an obligation to pay their children's college tuition? Well, a lot of us would think they do. Maybe some of us would think they don't. But uh, a lot of bankruptcy courts are looking at to the issue because credit debtors are looking to get clawback payments from colleges where people declare bankruptcy after having paid their child's college tuition. What's happening in those cases? Coming up straight ahead on Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams-Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.